Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. You are about to listen to an original episode of Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of upcoming shows, which will be available for download every Monday, or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to barrykatz.com. After you finish the podcast, please take a moment to subscribe to it, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it sucks. Thank you for your support, and enjoy the show. Everybody, I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. Welcome back to another industry standard episode. This is Barry Katz and I'm very, very happy and excited today because this is our annual year end best of podcast and there'll be two parts. This will be the first part and I know you're going to find it very, very inspirational and very entertaining. We've chosen 20 of the best clips of advice from some of the most amazing people in and around the entertainment business. Some very influential people and what they have to say is invaluable. But first, 
I want to thank you all so much. You have been so incredible for me. And without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. It takes a lot of people, (laughs) takes a lot of effort, a lot of unique spare time in different odd hours of the day to make it work. But it's so worth it. Your letters, your tweets, your Facebook messages, your FedExes, even being stopped in places that I don't even know I'm going to be stopped. It's just so flattering. And I am so, so, so thankful to all of you. And I wish you all the best that life has to offer during this holiday season and into 2016. So rather than be in a position where you have to listen to another one of my original cold opens, I figure I'd reach into the year's episodes and pick one that I thought you'd enjoy hearing again. So I chose for this part one episode my cold open that I did with the great television and film producer Judd Apatow, who I was so grateful and so thankful and proud that he was able to do my 100th episode. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Here you go, my cold open of the Judd Apatow 100th episode. So when I think about you and I look at you, the first thing I think of in my mind, believe it or not, and I'm going to share this with the audience at eight o'clock in the morning and the fact that you're up this early is appreciated. But I look at you, you're going to be shocked that I think about this. I look at you and I think about failure. And I I understand. I look at you and think (laughs) about (laughs) failure because for one reason, because I look at failure as the thing that drives most people and to get to where they want to go. And I think people should be reminded of something and the things that happened to you before things went well, because to me, failure is the only thing that most people can ever go through to get them where they want to go. I think of your first shows and I think of the things that you were involved in. And the first show you worked on, Ben Stiller show, which I loved and it was incredible. And one of the stars of the show was a guy who, (sighs) there's certain guys in the business, if you didn't know what their personal life was like, they would work every moment of the day and night. And that's Andy Dick. Absolutely. I mean, Andy Dick, for those of you who don't understand or know, is a genius. Every time the red light goes on, magic. But unfortunately, personal problems get in the way. And sometimes you become a situation where people are afraid to hire you and they won't hire you unless they know for a long period of time you get your act together. And so I think about the Ben Stiller show. Great show. You're on your first show, really, that you're gutting it out in that you've created. It wins an Emmy Award canceled failure everybody so what does he do does he sit back in the fetal position and say i'm never going to do this again i don't want to do this again no because then you move forward and you do other shows like freaks and geeks again critically acclaimed canceled you're crushed and then do you give up do you do you say fuck it i'm not doing anymore No, then you create another show called Undeclared, critically acclaimed, unbelievable show, great show, canceled. (laughs) Okay. I used to say 
we were just ahead enough of our time to to fail every time. Yeah, and then you do a show, a pilot that with Amy Poehler, that is the title of your new book coming out, which believe it or not, I read an enormous amount of, I don't even know how, amazing, look out for that. Sick in the head, it's called. Sick in the head, you do the pilot, again, doesn't get picked up. So, And then I did another pilot with Amy Poehler and it didn't get picked up. Starred Amy Poehler, Jason Siegel, Kevin Hart, January Jones. Called North Hollywood. North Hollywood. And that didn't get picked up. And there was a sixth, too, called Life on Parole, Burnt Out Parole That was officer. with the lead who was in office space, yes, right? Dave Herman. Dave Herman. Favreau directed that pilot. Besser was in it, and uh, it, it also did not get <laughs> Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, six, six television shows yeah. failed. Tell me one thing, anybody listening here who fails six times in a row and still says, you know what? I like this business. I want to move forward, but he did it and he made it happen. The only, and, and this is going to be the shortest thing I'll ever say in my life. Cause one of the things that judge stresses in his life and his interviews with comedians that we've talked about is patience. And if you have patience and you believe in yourself, you will always persevere. And, and as Jerry Seinfeld once said, if you're doing the right thing and creating the right content and putting it out there in a first class way, they will find you eventually and you'll get your moment in the sun. And when you do, your life will change forever. Here we go in three, two. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. Infections caused by jacuzzi water. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. Okay, here we go. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Out of the air! People on Twitter have been asking for Barry Katz to come back a lot. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in show business, you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. Here we go. You're fucking firing me up, Katz. Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Undeniable. Creating holy shit moments. I love this man. Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. All right, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard. Very exciting. This is our best of 2015, part one of two. And I know you're going to enjoy it a lot. And I'm just so, so happy that we were able to put together all these clips from 20 of the best episodes of the year. And it's just unbelievable the level of advice and the level of inspirational messages contained in this episode. And I'm really, really happy about it. And I really am grateful and thankful that I am able to share them with you. So without further ado, I will introduce my first guest of this best of 2015 part one episode. It's only appropriate since my cold open was with him. I would be glad to share him with you as the first person that you will get to hear on this podcast. A guy who's one of the most amazing producers, writers, and directors in comedy today. He started writing jokes for people like Roseanne Barr and the Ben Stiller show where he won multiple Emmys with the Larry Sanders show before executive producing Freaks and Geeks and creating Undeclared for Fox. 
turning to films, he produced Anger Man with Will Ferrell and co-wrote, co-produced, and directed the smash hit 40-Year-Old Virgin with Steve Carell. His string of hit comedy films produced through his company has not stopped since, and they have launched the careers of some of the biggest stars in the world today. These movies include Knocked Up, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Talladega Nights, Pineapple Express, Super Bad, Funny People, This Is 40, Bridesmaids, and his latest train wreck. I know you're going to like his advice a lot. Please welcome Judd Apatow. It's very different than when I started. When I started, there was no internet. There was very few ways to be exposed. So now, if you make something... You know, a kid being high coming back from the dentist can get seen by 50 million people. <laughs> so there's no excuse to not make things. And it doesn't cost any money to make things. You could make something with your phone that can explode on the world. So then the real question is, how do you learn enough that you can make great things? And uh, I, I think you have to be open to getting better and educating yourself and knowing yourself and learning about the world and the business and being fearless about trying and allowing yourself to fail. Mike Binder gave me the best advice I got early in my career. He, he told me that the first script that they made of his was the 10th script he wrote. And that, that meant a lot to me because I thought, oh, so they don't make the first one. <laughs> You know, they make the 10th one and the 10th one is better than the first one. So when I first started writing scripts, I thought, okay, as soon as I finish one, start the next one. I think, uh, I'm trying to think it was Chris Thompson said this on your show. That there's a lot of people who they just, they write one script and they just like walk around with it for three <laughs> years and it doesn't sell and they don't write. But the second you get to the end on one script, you should be starting the next script and you should always be making things and, and, and not don't think you're great. You know, always know there's a long way to go. Because if you're open to that type of growing and evolving, uh, your work will get better. My work got better. I, I, you know, I, I, and I knew that. Like, oh, my, every time out, I have to take a risk and learn something. And hopefully, uh, it's, I'm on an up curve of better and better work. And most people, you know, most people get scared and stop. That's why, you know, they say there's so many people trying to get in the business. There's only a few good people because most people don't have the courage to do what Amy Schumer did to take a chance, to work hard, to put herself out there, to risk failure and humiliation, uh, to do something great. And if Amy failed, I guarantee you the next day she would have started the next script. She's lucky it all worked out, but it would not have slowed her down. My next guest is a bittersweet one for me, because after he sat down for an interview a few months later, he passed away, and it was a great loss to the community here in Hollywood, because he was a guy who was an executive producer of some of the most iconic shows on television, including Laverne and Shirley, Bosom Buddies, where he discovered Tom Hanks. He did feature films like Back to the Beach and Jumpin' Jack Flash and created the show Action, where he gave me my first executive producer credit. An amazing man, and I'm sure you're going to like his words of wisdom. His image stays with me to this day and will always stay with me. Please welcome Chris Thompson. 
the best route that I've seen towards being a successful performer in this town is uh, is the improv groups, is uh, uh, Groundlings, Upright Citizens. Um, those are places where people, not only just from the A teams of those groups, but the but the B teams and two, uh, I mean, also are pulled out constantly. And not only that, you learn shit and you learn it really fast. That's what I'd say to a performer is get involved in that kind in uh, those kind of groups. And besides, the, it'll never not serve you knowing how to do improvisation. To a writer, I would say, I see so many people in this town who write one script and then shop it for two years, and that's just ridiculous. If you're a writer, you've got to write. So write one script, shop it for a week, and then put the next piece of paper in the typewriter. That shows how old I am. (laughs) But turn on the computer and start writing the next piece, and then shop that, and you'll get better each time you write one. And eventually, one will hit. And you know what's great when one hits and you've got like four others behind it? Those other scripts become hot too. And you've already written them and you can sell them. But but just don't sit on a script as if you had the only idea that anybody in town ever had. Because ideas are a dime a dozen. And unless you can execute, you're just not going to work in this town. My next guest, I had a blast with such a fun entertaining and first class young man he's just so funny and so unique and so incredibly nice and one of the smartest guys i've ever interviewed in my life he wrote for the nbc sitcom outsourced and fox's i hate my teenage daughter and has created dozens of comedy videos for collegehumor.com but after two successful appearances on conan Conan, out of all the comedians he saw, decided to commission and produce his own show on TBS, a late-night talk show with him as host, which was an incredible show, and it lasted a couple of seasons, and in my opinion, should have gone much more. He has a successful podcast called You Made It Weird, and there was nothing weird about what he had to say. Please welcome Pete Holmes. Hit the ceiling where you are. Uh, that, that's the first thing. So if you're in Portland, hit the Portland ceiling, become the best comedian in Portland. And then depending on your goals, move to New York or LA, I would say for sure. But when you like everything in show business happens when it's really obvious, that's part of the undeniability. It's like, it's obvious. You're supposed to get out of here. You're supposed to keep growing. Don't become the local hero. Don't become the guy that just stayed in that town. When you're hot, leave. And you won't even feel that hot. You won't be like, I never bomb. You'll still be bombing sometimes. But when you hit that ceiling, when you feel like you can walk into any of the little local shows and go on, uh, leave. New York, I would say, if your stand-up is, is still invaluable. Uh, I don't know what the scene is like right now, but that would only make it easier. This brings me more apart from the moving thing to the general advice is one is don't get comedy cancer. Comedy cancer is hating people. It really is. I remember you talked about Aziz earlier and I love Aziz. I really do. He, he can kind of not be the warmest person. So like he can rub you, at least in my experience, the wrong way. I'm such a fucking golden retriever. I'm just looking for some sort of, and he's kind of cooler than that. You know what I mean? Literally cool and cool. But uh, Aziz and I came up together. So here's this young guy 
And like that, he just uh, apparently starts shooting up. You know what I mean? He's passed at this club. He's passed at this club. What the fuck is going on here? Like, we don't understand. He's good. But like, why is this happening? Then he's in Rolling Stone comic to watch. Then he gets this and this and this and this. And he always acted like, yeah, like he had a vision. Talk about a goal and a vision. He denies saying it. And I, we talked about this on the podcast. Listen to his episode of my podcast. If you want to hear him denying him saying this, when Dane sold out Madison square garden, I went out for a burger with Aziz and Aziz did the math. I, I don't know why he's ashamed of the story and it's possible that I'm misremembering it. I would bet a hundred thousand dollars that I'm not though. He said, how old was Dane when he sold out Madison square garden? I think he was in his thirties. Let's know? say he was 31. So here's Aziz and he's 24. He goes, that means I have seven years. He said that he goes, I'm going to, and what did he just do? He just sold it out. Why are you embarrassed of that story? That's a great story. That's an inspirational story. And according to him, it's not true. I'd like to go on the record. He says he didn't say that. I think he did. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but a lot of people hated Aziz. Everyone, if you, if you, it's like being a sports fan. If you wanted to talk to a comedian that you don't know about something, shit on Aziz. Open with who is this motherfucker with a stupid beard and he goes up and blah, 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 blah. Everyone shit on this kid because he was really hot, really fast. The director, let's say a friend of mine was on a movie director, big director leaves the scene. Everybody talks shit about the director, big director. The director doesn't win. The boss doesn't win. He doesn't please everybody. I know it's uh, heavy lays the crown, lies the crown. It's not that. It's just another way of being like, it's a byproduct. Dane is going to have haters. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to happen. Uh, so anyway, I watched the people. I, I made a conscious decision to not continue to talk shit. I did initially. I was like, who's this guy? He just got his MTV show. Like it was fun to talk shit. It, it, it feels good. It's like watching bad pornography or something. You're just like, it's indulgent. So at a certain point, I was like watching the people that really hated him and it really was like cancer starts slowing them down. They stop doing as many spots and all of them aren't doing comedy anymore. That's a fact. They don't do it anymore because it killed them. They went straight. They all got jobs because they couldn't do it because they were blind. It's like Darth Vader. They're blinded feel the power. They think it's power. It's not, it's killing them. So avoid comedy cancer. That's not to say like, I love talking shit to an extent. There's a light way to do it. And then there's the dark side way to do it. Then the other thing, and this is so basic and any self-help book will tell you this, and I'm just going to be another person saying it, but like find the person that's doing what you want to do. That's just a little bit ahead of you and talk to that person, then talk to the next person, then talk to the next person, then talk to them. It's not brain science. A lot of people go right to like the top guy. Conan doesn't have any advice for you as to how to become a talk show host, but like the guy that's like a little bit better than you, that's booking slightly better rooms than you hang out with him. This is, this is ridiculous, but it's a Joel Osteen quote. You know, that cheesy pastor. I actually really like him because he's just blindly telling you what you want to hear. But he has this quote where he says, it's hard to soar with the Eagles when you're kicking around with the pigeons. But I watch these people congregate into these little clusters of people that are dragging each other down like crabs in a bucket. You can't leave because the other crabs just, they're trying to leave too. And all they're doing is pulling down the other crabs. That's a Richard Rohr comparison, by the way, his metaphor. But anyway, you got to watch who you're with. And then keep your gaze ahead. I became friends with John Mulaney, TJ Miller, Kumail Nanjiani. You know, they were all great comedians. I don't think that makes me shallow to go like part of what I like about you is your uh, commitment to this craft and your ability at the craft. And I want to hang out with you. 
I've, I've never been ashamed of that. Like I saw Mulaney on stage. I go, that's my kind of guy. I want to hang out with that guy. Then there's a little crab bucket over here shitting on his ease. I'm like, enjoy your bucket. Cause they get fried and get served with lemon. My next guest was my first guest of 2015. And what a way to start off the year. This man is a 13 time Emmy award winning executive vice president of studio productions at Fox sports overseeing the network's news coverage. Previously, he was the coordinating producer of Fox NFL Sunday and was in charge of all studio programming for the networks and entities with Fox Sports since 2011. In 2012, he became president of cable channel Speed while still overseeing Fox's studio production, and he joined Fox in 1994, leading Fox NFL Sunday to its 17-year run as America's most-watched NFL pregame show. Under his direction, the network's signature studio program won four Emmy Awards for Outstanding Studio Show and became a cultural phenomenon watched by millions nationwide every Sunday. Please welcome Scott Ackerson. If you're in college or what have you, don't be afraid to work for free. Um... There are so many people that I, I, I meet with and it's like, okay, so what are my hours going to be? What am I going to be paid? You know, what are, you know, what are the holidays? And if anybody comes and asks those questions, I automatically eliminate them from consideration. Uh, it's not about, especially in entry level jobs, if they tell you, that you're going to work 60 to 80 hours, you're going to work 60 to 80 hours, and you're going to like it. Uh, the I, When I started out my career, I literally worked for $100 a week, and the other five days, and that was just because I had a weekend gig, the other five days a week I worked for free because I was just entering, just getting reps. Um so anything you can do to get your foot in the door, even if it's free, if it's a runner or whatever, you just do it and don't like, you know, oh God, they're ripping me off. No, they're giving you experience. They're giving something you can put on your resume. Uh, too many people in college, and this is something that I, I learned is, is that think of how many colleges there are across the country and then multiply that by the number of people that are coming out of college. Now you know how many people are up for essentially the same job. So if it comes down to the job, am I going to hire the person that's got the 4.0 degree? Or am I going to hire the person that maybe is a 3.2, but has spent two or three years interning, working, and doing stuff in college? You know, the answer to that is I'm hiring a person that's a 3.2 because they've put in the effort. They've done other things. It's not just about being book smart. So um, that's what I would say. And common sense and your gut feeling goes a long way. If you think it's right and you've got some good common sense, chances are it is. And if it's not, don't be afraid to say my bad. Don't be afraid to say that was my fault. Don't be afraid to give other people credit, too, um, especially if you're an executive. And it doesn't make you weak. It actually makes you strong. And what it also does is that those people will go through that door for you. 
if they know that if they go through, if they know that they've done a good job and they know they're going to get the credit, they will do whatever they can for you. If they know you're going to take the credit, they ain't giving 110%. They're giving 70%. They're doing their job, and they will go to try to find another job as soon as they can. So don't be afraid to give other people credit. We all, I'm in this position because I work with a lot of great people. I've worked with, you know, some of the best or whatever, and I've been very fortunate to to do that. Uh, nobody, nobody, not even Rupert Murdoch, makes it because of their just by themselves. Nobody does. There are a lot of people in this business, especially in Hollywood, who would probably want to disagree with that statement. Uh, but in fact, it, it's true. And you, what you want to try to do is try to find the best and the brightest and hire them. That's what you want to do. My next guest was such an honor to sit down with her as she's been in the recording business for 50 years and become a cultural phenomenon. Over that time, she had earned 75 charted hit songs and sold over 100 million records. Her legendary collaboration with Burt Bacharach and Hal David created so many hit singles, it's not even countable. Songs like Promises, Promises, Say a Little Prayer, Reach Out for Me, and the theme from Valley of the Dolls. Her collaborations accumulated more than 30 hit singles with them and close to 20 best-selling albums during their first decade together. She received her first Grammy Award in 1968 for her mega-hit Do You Know the Way to San Jose and a second Grammy in 1970 for I'll Never Fall in Love Again. Please welcome a person who you might recognize from the song That's What Friends Are For and a mainstay in the iconic We Are the World. Please welcome Dion Warwick. Basically what I tell all the youngsters, especially, you say, oh, I want to be like you. I said, no, you don't. You want to be like you. That's truly the answer. Be who you are. Do what you do. You can't do what I did. There's nobody in the world that can do what I do but me. So do what you do and be the very best at it. Know that it is not something that is handed to you. You know, Billy Preston said it so well. <laughs> something for nothing leaves nothing. Okay. And everybody has aspirations. I had many. I was going to be the Van Clyburn female, but Van Clyburn, and uh, I was going to be about Pavlova. I was on points before I sang, or even had thoughts of singing, and because I broke the tendon in my point foot, it transferred from my toes to my throat, so, <laughs> so I'm singing instead of dancing, but you know, I think that is really the, the only thing that you can do is encourage people to excel in what they really, really know they can do. My next guest is a producer, television writer, and author who's currently an executive producer on Two and a Half Men, 
And he's also the creator of shows like Blossom and the John Larroquette Show for NBC and My Wife and Kids on ABC. Brothers on Fox as well. He began his 40-year-plus career writing for iconic comedians such as Slappy White, Red Fox, and Jackie Gleason, and went on to write episodes for classic shows like M.A.S.H., Rhoda, Mary Tyler Moore, The Golden Girls, and All in the Family. I know you're going to really get a kick out of this guy. Please welcome Don Rio. Be brilliant, you know, be a brilliant creative talent. Um, that's who makes it. Those are the people who succeed. Now, there are people who are lesser talents who stick around for a while, but eventually they disappear like smoke. You know, uh, you got to listen for the calliope and then hope that there's space for you in the tent, that you're good enough to get in, you know, that you that that you've got the goods, you know, for writers, you have to write. You have to keep writing. It, it can't be something that you choose to do. It, it has to be something you must do. It has to be a compulsion, an obsession. Uh, you know, I always wrote from when I was a kid. You know, I, I was in the ninth grade and Mrs. Taroki said, we're going to try creative writing. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine that you're one of the pilgrims and it's the night before you're leaving England for the new world. And I want you to write an essay. And pictures appeared in my head. I could see, I could see it right now. I could see this beach, this rocky beach, and there were fires, and there were boats off in the harbor, and there were people moving around, and women in long dresses and and hats, and guys in those English, uh, you know, uh, 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 riding outfits, and 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 I wrote down what I saw. And the next day she said, we have someone very talented in this class and his name is Don Rio. And I went, fuck, man, I want this every day. <laughs> I want that drug. And uh, that's how it happened for me. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to BarryCats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. My next guest has become one of the most popular and successful stand-up comedians touring today. In 2011, he landed a starring role on NBC's sitcom Whitney, opposite Whitney Cummings, and appeared on the Comedy Central roast of Justin Bieber. And in 2014, he joined the cast of Undateable, a sitcom executive produced by the legendary 
producer Bill Lawrence, who did Scrubs. And now it's premiering in its third season, and a lot of the shows have been entirely live, which is amazing. His latest hour special premiered on Netflix, entitled Incorrigible, was a huge, huge hit. Please welcome my guest, Chris D'Elia. You, you just got to get on stage every single day. That's what I always say, like at least once a day, at least once a night. Uh, if you want to be a stand-up comedian, then be a stand-up comedian. Um, my dad would say, I'm a director because I, I realized I was a director. You know, he's like Popeye's Popeye because he's fucking Popeye eats the spinach. And like, that's just who he is. He doesn't say, I think I'm Popeye. He's just fucking Popeye. I'm definitely paraphrasing, but he did say fuck a few times. But that's, you know, just do it. Be that guy, you know? So get on stage every night and, and don't not do that if you want to be a comedian. Then just be one. My next guest is one of the nicest guys in the business. If you can find anybody nicer, please tell me who they are. He's a comedian, actor, writer, and producer. Currently a co-executive producer and writer for ABC's hit show, The Goldbergs, now in its third season, and was a writer and executive producer for one of the most successful sitcoms of all time, Everybody Loves Raymond. Other great shows he's worked on are American Dad, The New Adventures of Old Christine, and Men of a Certain Age. This guy always brings it, always has a passion always as a way of just giving you the best insights and always the kind of person that you want to be around at every point in the day. Lou Schneider. Write what you know. Don't rush yourself. Go to work every day and just do what you're supposed to do. I've, had, I've, I've talked to comedians like, what do I do now? What do I do now? So-and-so got a deal. So-and-so got a deal. And I didn't get a deal. I said, what joke did you write today? What did you write a joke today? What did you do? Produce something, write something. And, and you know, the other part you touched on, which is I've been very lucky because, you know, I don't know. Freud, lucky. Well, yeah. Freud said love and work, right? I don't know. I, someone said that Freud said that. And I think that I just believe if you're happy in your life, which is the love part, you can then put all that energy that you would otherwise be crippled, you know, with expending into your work. And so, that doesn't mean you neglect your, 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 your dear ones, but you, you know, because, because I have kids that, and I have a wife that, that, you know, are solid, I can now concentrate on what I'm doing. And then by the way, I'm not consumed by that. I want to go back to those people. Showbiz can be important, but it can't be, it can't be all you do. It can't be work as hard as you can when you're there. And when you're not there, go home. My next guest is one of the most successful comedians in history and was the top-grossing stand-up comedian for over a decade. A staple of 80s pop culture, he became famous for blending cerebral wordplay and absurd prop comedy. His signature routine was a pitch for a made-up product called the sledge matic during which he smashed a variety of foods with a mallet culminating in a watermelon. He has created 14, get that, 14-hour specials for a various array of networks. And he was voted by Comedy Central as one of the 100 greatest stand-up comedians of all time. 
He was very strange. It was hard to get him on the podcast, and in the end, he flew across the country to do it. it. Took me an hour to convince him to sit down with me when he was in the office on a Sunday, but he finally did, and when he did, it was gold. I know you're gonna like him a lot. Please welcome Gallagher. I would work. Don't worry about the money. Just get in front of an audience and change what you do. And you'll learn more about your material. The last thing you want to do is do it the same every night in a routine. You'll learn a lot more about talking and the essence of what's really funny by varying the routine. Just go up there loosely with an idea of what you think is funny and see how you weave it every night. Because if you can't add, if you can't write, you can't ad lib. And then you're just going to be boring and predictable. You have to play the moment. Comedy is about the now, like dogs and babies. They are in the now. And you have to be, that's where you have to win. And if it's, if you got something you want to say and you're just going to say it anyway, and it doesn't fit the moment, you're a loser. You forget it. My next guest is a writer, director, and producer who started at NBC Universal where he produced Dateline for four years and the Today Show for five. He was also responsible for the successful four-year run of the reality show Average Joe and helped write and co-direct Three Wishes, hosted by Amy Grant. He then started the juggernaut America's Got Talent, a show for which he is executive produced for the entire 10-year run and which was named the world's most successful reality TV format. A man who seems understated, but his message to me couldn't be more overstated. I know you're going to love it. Jason Raff. Do the best freaking job you can do. You know, just do the best job you can do. It doesn't matter if they're telling you to staple a bunch of things together. Just don't fuck it up, you know? Because um, so many people do fuck it up. And I, I just quickly realized that just by getting things stapled in the right order and neatly put back on their desk and without any trouble or them asking twice got you noticed. And from that point, you know, whether it was stapling papers and then it was, hey, could you just help me write this thing or give it a shot? And you just do the best freaking job you can do. And I always found that just hard work has worked for me. You know, I am not the most social guy. I'm not a networker. Uh, I've heard names like your name before, but I've never gone, oh, I got to meet that guy. I never met you at a party because I don't go to parties. I'm a very introverted kind of guy. And then and the same way when you were asking about Jeff Zucker, why did he pick you? I have no idea. I, but I think he saw that I was just a hard worker and that I could make him look good. My next guest is the president of Premier Networks. She started her career in advertising at the prestigious BBDNO firm, but her love of radio was overpowering as she moved on to spend 19 years as the COO of MJI Broadcasting, growing the company from five people to more than 150. After that, she spent the last 16 years at Premier Radio and has been the driving force behind a plethora of talent deals, including Jim Rome, Glenn Beck, Bob and Tom, Keith Sweat, Elvis Duran, Fox Sports Radio, Jay Moore, and Steve Harvey. In 2014, the editorial board of Talkers Magazine honored her with a Judy Jarvis Memorial Award, also known as the Woman of the Year, for outstanding contributions to the talk radio industry. This woman was a force of nature and first class all the way. 
Julie Talbot. Treat everyone like you want to be treated with respect uh, and camaraderie. And it is the hard work. If you if you are tired and you don't want to finish up the project and it's just going to take three more weeks to get done. Now, show those people you can get it done fast, fast, immediacy, urgency. Everything that we're trying to do is we need urgency. We, you know, let's decide, are we going to move forward? Are we not? But let's not draw it out. Let's let's meet during Christmas and decide on January 2nd, you know. Um, And then for the young talent, you have to keep 10,000 hours it's 10,000 hours of doing, if you're a comedian, of do stand-up comedy. The Beatles, the, why were they so great when they came here? Because they had 10,000 hours of playing together in every horrible bar throughout Europe. Um, and uh, so it is really about, don't, don't say, I just want to stand up and do a national show. When at a small club, make sure that you've got everybody loving you and then go to a larger club and make sure that everybody loves you there. Start at a local radio station and win and win big. And then let's talk about expanding. But don't say I'm going to be national because that's really what I want to do. My next guest is best known as the creator and executive producer of the mega hit America's Next Top Model, now in its 22nd cycle, airing in more than 150 territories. Considered one of the godfathers of reality television, he launched one of the very first reality series to appear on network television back in 2000 with Making the Band. His other TV productions are the CW's Pussycat Dolls Presents, Girlicious, VH1's The White Rapper Show, A&E's The Love Shack, starring Shaquille O'Neal, NASCAR and BET's Changing Lanes, and MTV's WWE Tough Enough. I know you're going to like this guy a lot. Please welcome a longtime friend and an incredible, incredible guy, Ken Mock. The entertainment business is, to me, the greatest business in the world. But it's only a great business for people who are self-motivated and have the discipline to really kind of make things happen for themselves. Look, Barry, you're the perfect example of that. That thing that you did at the Comedy Nest, you know, at uh, Just for Laughs, you put your ass on the line. You put your money up on the line. You That was completely out of the box. Everybody who succeeded in this business has stories like yours. Okay, I have stories like that. You have stories like that. Everybody does. If you're a, a, a comedian... You know what? The great thing about the, the this time period right now is there's the internet. You can go out and you can create videos for yourself. You know, it's like Kyle Mooney did all the crazy stuff on, you know, with, you know, on, on the web and that got him the attention of SNL and all that kind of stuff. You're a comic, you're an actor, you're an actress, create projects for yourself. Don't sit there and wait and say, somebody has got to write something. Write it for yourself. Create a character for yourself. Get it uploaded. Get it viral. Go on Twitter. Go on Instagram. You know, do, do a Vine thing. You know, there's this guy who's doing six second Vines, this, this French guy that's like huge now. He's making millions of dollars. He was homeless a year ago. And so you, people are created off of 
the web now. Everybody, you, you scout for people off the web, do that, but you have to create projects for yourself. You know, like I am now focusing my career on the scripted world. Nobody really wanted to look at me in the scripted world. I'm like, he's, he's an unscripted guy, but I just put my nose to the grindstone. We have all these projects now that are going. If somebody couldn't write the thing, I'll write it myself and I'll get traction off of that. We're going to do a movie this summer that, uh, in the movie that I'm going to fund myself. Because I believe in it and I know we're going to do it and it's going to, I know we're going to get a big deal out of it. So you have to be self-motivated and you have to think outside of the box. You can't follow the crowd. You got to do it on your own. And if you don't, chances are going to work against. But if you're bold like Barry Katz and you do things on your own and just don't be afraid, fortune favors the bold. That's the famous saying and that's true. My next guest I interviewed in the Comedy Cellar right there on the floor where the audience sits to watch many of his late night shows where I've watched him over and over again throughout my career. He is probably one of the most respected comedians in the world today. And there isn't any comedian I know of when he's on stage that doesn't rush from wherever they are in the restaurant or bar nearby the comedy club to rush in and to sit down and watch his late night sets. They're always gold. He started off his career with his first big break, getting a writing gig on Saturday Night Live, and later on did Late Show with David Letterman, which was incredible. His groundbreaking show, Insomniac, was a huge hit on Comedy Central, which had led to other series like Comedy Underground and Dave's Old Porn. He has been seen as an actor in such respected film and television projects like Louie, the movie Funny People, and most recently in the Judd Apatow produced and directed film Trainwreck with Amy Schumer. Please welcome one of the funniest people I know, Dave Attell. There's some people who are naturally gifted. There's some people that for me, it took years and years. It's like, it, it, it's worth it. You know, it's just worth it. And like the ride was so good. I mean, like just like getting to meet the comics, hanging with them, you know, like no better hang than with the comics, you know, just like talking jokes, talking, you know, just crazy stuff. And, um, you know, I would say that like, you know, everybody wants to do it. It's when you need to do it. That's when it becomes really like, you know, almost like a passion. And that's kind of what with comedy is like, you need to do it. And if you don't need to do it, then you better really, really want to do it. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll live your other dream. My next guests were two people. Yes, very rarely you get two people on the podcast. But these brothers were very, very valuable to have on the show, and they were inspirational. They are six-time Emmy-winning producers and are partners in the premier L.A.-based production company after their own name. They have produced over 1,500 hours of television shows for major networks, including the hit ESPN series Jim Rome is Burning. In 2014, they were producers on the Walt Disney Pictures feature film Million Dollar Arms, starring John Hamm and Alan Arkin. They also have produced a ton of Olympic telecasts and also many live events such as the NBA Finals, the NFL Pro Bowl, U.S. Open, and the X Games. Their production company has also produced numerous short films starring the likes of Will Ferrell, Bruce Willis, 
Samuel L. Jackson, Seth Meyers, and Jamie Foxx. I know you're going to like these guys a lot. Please welcome Neil and Michael Mant, the Mant brothers. There's no rules. There aren't. Michael and I were just talking the other day. All right, well, where can we drum up new business? What should we be working on? And so, like, I'm just, I am not afraid to call anybody, email anybody. Um, and then you just, you just have to follow up. That's the key thing. So it's just, don't be afraid. The worst thing somebody can say to you is no. The odds of them coming to your house and punching you in the stomach for sending that email are very low. So I would say don't be afraid to just try. And then when you fail, try again. And when you fail, try again. Um, and I would go back to where we started, which is create those partnerships with people who can make you better because you can't do everything. Nobody can do everything. You know, like I, I'm not a great editor. Michael's a better editor. So when we're working on things together, you know, he does that. I can direct in the field. I can I can bring my worth in, in contacting people and selling and pitching. You know? So I believe in, you know, it's just all about what you do for yourself, Michael. Um, yeah, I mean, I always say you don't get into this for the money <laughs> because, you know, there's a lot of time where you're not going to get paid a lot. Uh, you're doing this because it's something you like. And if you're good at it, eventually you'll get money. My next guest is a comedian, actor, and writer and has been performing for nearly three decades. In 1992, he got a huge break when he was selected for the 15th annual Young Comedian Special and has appeared on many, many television series, including Everybody Loves Raymond, Marin, Dr. Katz, The Wizards of Waverly Place, Raising Dad. Additionally, he was a main contributor to The Daily Show with Jon Stewart and a regular fixture on Late Show with David Letterman and has appeared four times on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. He's best known in the comedy world for delivering his annual State of the Industry address at the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival, where he's probably done it for 20 years. He's currently the voice of Mort the Mortician on the Fox animated show Bob's Burgers, which my sons watch religiously. This guy is one of the most eclectic unique and authentic voices you'll ever hear in comedy. Please welcome Andy Kindler. The biggest thing that people have to get over is all this talk when you start about, well, how can I get, you know, how do I move it along? How do I, all of that's just the fear of doing it. And for, except for very rare exceptions for something like stand up, it is very frightening. You know, I'm not saying it's so frightening you can't do it, and that's, I don't want to create that thing too because people go, people in their mind they go, oh, I have to have 45 minutes in a week. No, it's like you start with one minute, you start with two minutes, but the less you can, the more you can get off your own back, and give yourself a break, I think is so key, and I think that's why I see so many comics they worry, what's my persona going to be? What it's like, try not to worry about any of those things, and even try not to get too much advice until you're ready to hear advice, you know? And so I think in general, it's the same thing I'm trying to learn with myself is like, this, when I realize I'm on my own back, I get off of it, and then that just allows me, you know, like they say, feel the fear and do it. You're gonna have fear, but there's no shortcut to the technique. You just have to keep doing it. My next guest has been a talent agent, talent manager, producer, and entertainment executive and is currently the founder and CEO of the Comedy Time Network. 
He started at the prestigious William Morris Agency in the mailroom and worked his way up and had a hand in the creation of the Beach Boys hit Kokomo. He also put together the then largest salary ever negotiated for a director and represented an impressive client list, including actors, directors, and musicians ranging from Will Smith to Billy Idol. In 1999, he founded Power Entertainment, a leading management company specializing in comedy, and during his tenure as president and CEO, he represented everybody from Eugene Levy, Martin Lawrence, Fred Armisen, Kenan Thompson, and Seth Meyers. This guy had tremendous insight to every part of the world of entertainment. Please welcome David Goldman. Just keep your own side of the street clean. Just focus on doing what you're doing without comparing yourself to everybody else because cream always rises to the top. Just do the very best you can and don't give up. Stick with your vision, even if it doesn't seem like it's happening fast enough. It never happens fast enough for any of us. And just stick with it. You know, if you do, you will get the prize. But if you start just sort of getting distracted and having a pity party, you're not going to get there. It's just wasted energy. Next up is an award-winning film and television actress, writer, director, and producer who began her career in New York and was once asked to dub Screams for The Last Temptation of Christ, leading to a long collaboration with director Martin Scorsese, during which he appeared in several of his films, including Goodfellows and Cape Fear. She's been featured in such great shows as Larry Sanders, Frasier, Drew Carey's show, Grey's Anatomy, and Entourage, and was nominated for an Emmy Award for a performance on HBO's Six Feet Under. A regular on the hit NBC series, Welcome to Sweden, she also has a web series, Easy to Assemble, which has won six Webby Awards and has been viewed by over 40 million people. Please welcome a person who means a lot to me in my career, Ileana Douglas. Work for free or for almost nothing. I never worked as a waitress. Oh, you know, when I went to New York, nobody, you know, everybody was working as a waitress and they never had time to audition. And I, you know, I worked for a film publicist. I made like no money. I got like, you know, $50 a day, I think. And I would work maybe 12 hours a day. And I would, I would ask all the time, is there anything else you need me to do? Would you like me to do this? And the interesting thing is, it's like people, you know, when you work for free, people always accept that, you know, they, and, and oftentimes people come to work for me as an assistant and they're like, well, I need $20 because my boyfriend and and I'm like, I don't want to hear about your personal life. Okay. Like, like, you know, it's so, I'm so old school in that way that, you know, uh, when I had my boss, Peggy Siegel, I, you know, I knew how overwhelmed they were. And I said, if you like, I could call some of the actors and just literally ask them questions for the press kit. And maybe I'll get some interesting answers out of it. Maybe I won't. But they would look at me and they'd go, you want to do that? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So I would come up with jobs that people would look at it and they'd go, you know, this is actually 
pretty good. I didn't know Swizzy Kurtz grew up next to Bob Hope. How did you find that out? You know, so I would find jobs like that to do. And so I always say like to work for free, be an intern or something around people is number one. And then number two is, and it sounds, you know, it's easy, but it's always to have goals. And once you reach those goals to have new goals, because, you know, like being famous is not a goal. I think, you know, anybody can be famous. So it's not, you know, if you really want to be famous, maybe that is your goal, but being, you know, having a goal is really, I think is really, really important. Um, and whatever that is. And then once you, once you reach those goals, you're like, ah, crap, what am I going to do now? My next guest is an incredibly well-established film star that you will recognize immediately. He started off breaking through on Saturday Night Live with so many characters I can't even mention them. He also is a guy who is well-versed as a writer, creator, director, and actor. He can do anything. He's done many, many dramas, including The Chosen One, which he co-wrote, and You May Not Kiss the Bride, as well as several Happy Madison comedy productions, including Bedtime Stories, You Don't Mess with the Zohan, Benchwarmers, Fifty First Dates, Longest Yard, Eight Crazy Nights, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, both Deuce Bigelow movies, The Hot Chick, The Animal, Shark Bait, The Water Boy, and Big Daddy. Sitting down with him was incredibly powerful. And I hope you enjoy his words of wisdom. Rob Schneider. If you can imagine yourself doing anything else, see yourself doing anything else, do that. Because it's really hard. Um, but if you insist that this is your life, you want to do it, then you have to make it your obsession. You have to live, breathe, eat, and sleep it. And if, and, uh, create your own stuff. Now has never been a tougher time in show business. It's never been a better time in show business. And it's always been that way. It will always be that way. But you have an opportunity to do things now with the internet, with, by becoming, they're famous people becoming from fucking YouTube. That was never a possibility before. You know, they're getting, they're guys from YouTube. They're getting on, uh, you know, or Instagram who can fucking get a, a movie made. That's fucking unbelievable. Very rare, but it's it's possible. So you have to do something and love it so much and make and then and you have to be so excited about it that it has a chance to excite other people. And that's the only chance you have to do that and live it and breathe it and sleep it. I used to get up first thing in the morning and hit the pad writing jokes. That was the only way that I was in control of. You got to be in what you're con in control of. And if you're doing stand up, then you can control that and get on stage when you're in control of that. And hopefully if you get to a point where you do like a, a YouTube movie or show, you you're in control of that and do that. And then eventually you're going to lose some of that control and you have to work within that system and work within it to the best of your ability and keep it humane. And also you got to know when to take the notes and know when to pass on the notes and how to do it in a way that won't get you kicked out of the studio. My next guest is an incredible comedian. And if I ever tell you that huggable and lovable win the race, this guy's picture should be next to that quote. He started off his career as the number one party animal at Florida State, where Rolling Stones wrote a feature article about him, which inspired the movie Van Wilder. He went on to become a successful comedian television host, serving as co-host for The X Show on FX and the star of his own FX series. 
In 2008, he appeared in the Comedy Central reality show Reality Bites Back. And in 2009, Comedy Central aired his hour-long stand-up comedy special, Comfortably Dumb. He starred in the well-reviewed Travel Channel series in which he travels across the country to experience and promote roller coasters, water rides, and unusual sports. He's appeared on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, and his book Life of the Party, Stories of a Perpetual Man-Child, was published in 2014. His weekly podcast is available and is a huge, huge hit. Please welcome the always entertaining Bert Kreischer. Don't take it all so seriously. The biggest mistake I've made in this business is creating false deities. Uh, I remember saying to you a bunch of times, Comedy Central hates me. And you're like, Bert, no one knows you. One time, and this is and this is it, don't create false deities. Don't look at people in positions above you and think that they're better than you or different than you. Don't approach them with some sort of reverent respect that they that they don't want. They don't want it. They want to just be a person in this business too. You said to me one time, I had a bad set. I said, Barry, we got it. I called you the next day. We need to get me back on stage and we need to get me back in front of those people because I did not do well last night. And you said, Papa, I think you're highly overestimating how much people think about you. <laughs> I said, what? And you go, who have you thought about all day? I said, me. And you went, who do you think they're thinking about all day? I said, me. And you go, no, they're thinking about themselves as well. <laughs> if I were you, I would stop worrying about it. No one's thinking about the guy who didn't do so great. <laughs> they're thinking about the guy that killed. So take a break from worrying about it and work on new material. <laughs> it was the best. If I think of that so much, I go, neighbor, you're highly overestimating how many how much people are thinking about you. <laughs> My final guest of this special part one of two best of 2015, I can't think of a better way to close this episode. I spent so much of my career with him throughout the years when he was the president of NBC for over two decades and won an unprecedented 168 Emmy Awards for such shows as Golden Girls, Cosby, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Seinfeld, ER, Friends, Frasier, Mad About You, Just Shoot Me, Third Rock from the Sun, News Radio, Homicide Life on the Street, Law and Order, Will and Grace, West Wing, Law and Order, SVU, and so many more. He also has the distinction of producing FX's television adaption of the Academy Award-winning film Fargo, in which in its first year, it won a Peabody, Emmy, Golden Globe, Producers Guild, Critics' Choice Award for Best Miniseries. This guy is a legend and the protege of Brandon Tartikoff. I know you're going to just be so blown away by his advice as I was. And what a way to close this show with Warren Littlefield. Genius is 90% effort. Um, it, it's a relentless pursuit of what you believe in. So first 
find and discover that thing in yourself that you truly believe in. Now, if you're an executive, it might be a piece of talent. It may be a writer. It may be an idea that you believe its time has come, that television hasn't touched it, and and they should. And um, But find that thing that speaks to you. You can only go by your instincts. You can only go by your gut. I'll do a quick aside and say, when I used to listen to a pitch, right before the pitch started, I would imagine that there was a scalpel that was going right down my chest and into my stomach and that it and that my body was just wide open and exposed and I wanted to feel what was coming out in that room that I feel laughter joy that I feel drama that I feel passion that I feel the power of the idea what was I feeling because when you're a suit and you're in those jobs there's a thousand distractions there's so many fires to put out but that idea in that moment that you're hearing from an artist may change your network's life, may change your life. So you must be in the moment. You must hear it, but you also have to feel it. So I would always just flash on that image of myself being dissected. So what I would say is on a good day, there's an executive who will be that open and receptive. You must be in touch with that idea, with that talent, with yourself, present it and don't let go. There's lots of rejection out there, tremendous rejection. Get past it. It might hurt. That's okay. Take a deep breath, charge forward and never look back. Well, that about does it for this episode of the Best of 2015, Part 1 of 2. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you so much for all your support and for listening. And I'm very, very, very happy that you were able to join me. Have a great, great Christmas. And we'll see you with Part 2 next week. Thank you. And as always, if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. They say it's the glory. I'll scream your name. Put you on shoulders. Walk you to fame. You'll get all the money Drive that fancy car All the people love you Cause you're going for Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over So it all feels the same You pick your own poison Fortune
Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes, which will be available for download every Monday, or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to barrycats.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day.